praise the Lord. Brother J.D., great to see you back with knee surgery. <laughs> knee surgery. Crippled his, crippled his way up here. Gave in the offering. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And all the rest of you, if you're a guest here and your name was on the list or not, we're just, just really, really happy to have you have you here. Let's not forget Kim. Uh, Kim Bonsell had that second surgery. She is back home now. I want to thank each one of you or any of you who helped uh, encourage her, maybe uh, cooked food for her, brought it to her. And, and so that's worth a whole lot when, you, when you're down. Praise God. I have time to preach a little while. Have time to preach just a little while. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister, Sister Stacy, you're back home. We just need to get a hold of you, not let you go. Praise God. Praise God. I, I um, you know, I, it, I, I have Father's Day in mind, but I didn't get a, a Father's Day sermon. But it, it, it wouldn't take much if you listen to the words of this sermon that is what we're doing is, of course, it's for everybody, but we're, it, it'll work for the fathers. Second Corinthians 11th chapter. If you'd like to turn there, or if you don't have your Bible, look right up here on the screen. Amen. All of this has been so good from the very beginning. Brother Green taught today about the gifts of the Spirit, gift of prophecy. Amen. And uh, good lesson, good stuff to get us thinking about. And so uh, so we, we are to pray earnestly for the best gifts. And by the way, the gifts are for the edification of the church. Edify means to build up or strengthen and, and, and to help. And so that's what the gifts are for us. Not to show off uh, how spiritual we are. For, no, no, it's to, it's to bless somebody else. Amen. So all of that's good right on through. Worship was good, by the way. Just just good, good worship. And I don't tell these people what to sing. They just, they just do it and it was just good. It was just good. Just good. Just excellent. And so um can't wait. Uh, let's keep in mind we're not pushing it, promoting it a whole lot lately. Offerings, we just, but those of you who give, uh, you made pledges for our the next two years for the. If you hadn't made a pledge, be a great thing to do. And uh, you know we want to be a part of something that's moving and growing and beneficial. Because when we're off of the scene, listen, the money if I don't give it to the work of God, it'll just be gone some other place. And so I'd rather put it in God's work. And I, I think that has an, uh, something to do with eternity. It's eternal giving. And, and so you'll bless the kingdom of God. And, and so we're going to get that done with the help of the Lord. Amen out here. And it'll be a beautiful play in here. And by the way, I'm saying this pretty often. We're going to remodel all this. We're going to have a nice entrance way out here with new doors. All that will be done right. It was done wrong to start with. You know, you can't, it's hard to build on a bad foundation, all right? You start wrong, you probably end up all messed up. So we're going to dig down, no new concrete out here in that front door, canopy, amen. Just, uh, it's just going to have some, uh, you know, appeal that it didn't have just driving by. And so these windows are going to be closing. You know, all these bricks, that's going to be new stucco on the sides out here. You see these new bank buildings, and all it's just, it's, it's just stucco, just covered. You can't do much with brick. You could paint it. You could paint it, but that's, you know, or you could stucco, just cover all those windows. It'll be covered inside out, remodeled. And it's because of your, your willingness to help 
and blessed. So we're going to do this. It'll be something for you and your children. 2 Corinthians 11th chapter. Amen. Let's begin at verse 23. And I'm a pretty lengthy reading here, but we'll just skim through it pretty quick here. 2 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 23. Are they ministers of Christ? And in parentheses, the King James has, I speak as a fool. And one translation says, I don't know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> it's just coming from somewhere. I speak as a fool. He said, I am more in labors, more abundant in stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. What a resume this guy had, the Apostle Paul. I mean, he, he, he was called into the ministry, smoking off of his, his horse, blinded, and he was told to go to a street called Straight, and, and they prayed for him that his eyes would open up, and he got the Holy Ghost and, and got baptized. And, 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 and he's telling you what all that led to. You know, we supposed, things are supposed to get better when we become a man of the cloth. And we get the microphone, we get the, no, 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 listen to him. Amen. In stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death, deaths often. Verse 24. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the, what perils? He just had problems, all right? In perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things, that were without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of the churches. Who is weak, I am not weak. Who is offended, and I burn not. Let's skip down to verse 32, and we'll just do those last two verses here. Amen. In Damascus, watch this. In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, kept the city of Damascus with a garrison. There's more stuff added to his trouble that he already had. Desirous to apprehend me, the governor was after him now. In verse 33, he said, And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. Somebody said Paul was the first recorded basket case preacher. So he literally was a basket case there for a little while, all right? Hallelujah. Amen. Let's clap. Put your Bibles down or what have you got in your hand? Let's clap our hands one more time. And you can be seated. You may be seated. God bless you. Listen, it goes without saying. We'll just kind of cut to the chase here. It goes without saying that Paul knew firsthand what it was like to be lonely, to be broken, to be disappointed, to be discouraged, and whatever other situation and bad problem that he, he understood those things. He understood what it felt like to be beaten to the very brink of death. You know when he said, 39 or 40 stripes save one. The reason that they did that, by law, amen, they couldn't put 40 stripes. It was against the law to give a person 40 stripes. And so they gave them 39 stripes. Here's why. They wanted to bring a person to the very brink of death. They wanted a person to be so close to death, but they didn't want him to die because if, if you died, you would escape the pain. 
and that's what it was all about. I want to hurt you. I want to put you in pain. So they striked him, amen, to the very brink of death. And in addition to this list of troubles that he faced on a regular basis, he had this bothersome, and I won't get into discussion what it is. I don't know. Scripture doesn't say some kind of disease, sickness, but the Bible calls it this thorn in the flesh. Paul prayed this, this prophet, this man of God, this man who, who, who wrote most of the New Testament, very powerful, very educated, spoke numerous languages, amen. But he prayed three times. He got things done, but he prayed three times that God heal him and deliver him of this suffering. But God felt it would be better that he not heal Paul. Oh, I thought that a, that a man of God could pray and it all happened. Well, it does sometimes. All right, but sometimes it's not God's will. All right, listen, God's not so interested that we be blessed. He's not against that, Amen. But He's not so interested that we get good things. And no, God is more interested in, in the big picture. God's interested in us being saved. He does not want us to go to hell. All right. So some things that we get that we pray for, we don't need those things. God knows best. He knows that we don't need them, and out of love for us, he does not answer that. He answered it, but it's not the, the kind of answer that we wanted. I used to tell the story a long time ago. You know, it, it's, it, it, it's a true story, but, but in type, at least, it, it brings out a lesson. We knew a family that went to my mom and dad's church, and, and, and sweetest family, the Parkers, and they had a little boy named Johnny. And I remember they lived way back in the country, and they canned food, and they did all kind of stuff. They farmed. But, but mom was peeling apples, and little Johnny wanted the knife, or he wanted to peel an apple, and for some reason, these people were just sharp as they could be, but for some reason, she handed little Johnny a knife, and he started peeling those apples like mommy because she was canning apples. But some way or other, I don't know how, that knife slipped and went into Johnny's eye. And just a little boy, I remember feeling so sorry for John. He grew up there, and I watched him grow up. He's a, a grown man now. He has kids of his own. Amen, but he has this big old white splotch on this eye. And I would imagine that mom probably thought a million times, I wish I had not have done. He wanted a knife, but he did not need a knife. A knife was not good for him. That's how God does us. We want things that will harm us. We ask for things and sometimes beg God for things and bring it to the altar over and over again, but we do not need that. Can anybody understand that, that God is looking out for us? Amen. Amen. Do we think for one moment that Paul was, was not let down and he was not discouraged when God said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to let you keep on suffering. I'm going to let you keep on staying down in that low place, in that ditch or that valley. Amen. Hallelujah. He didn't, he, he didn't give Paul, he did answer, like we said, but it was not the answer, amen, that he would have preferred. Okay, he didn't get what he wanted from God. Okay, he didn't get the blessing that, that he wanted. And I can relate to that, and probably every one of us can. Amen. I, I, I'll just get back up is what Paul said. By the way, that's my title today of this message. Just get back up. 
listen, they stoned Paul. We didn't go in detail here, but I could put my own feelings in this. They stoned Paul to death. You know what he did? You know, that would have been a good time, a good time to backslide. Or just, we won't backslide, we just quit. We just give up. We will throw in the towel because, look, listen, it's just not worth it. And we'd figure out a way to be in the will of God, too. We'd figure out a way that God spoke to us and told us to not do that anymore. But it was about his preaching. He didn't preach what everybody wanted to hear. He preached what was needed. And they stoned him. Amen. And you know what he did? He somehow climbed his way out from under that pile of rocks and went on his way preaching the gospel. Amen. Nothing deterred him. Nothing stopped him. You know, we won't go in detail about the the jail, jail in Philippi. Amen. When him and Silas were thrown in prison. You know, the Bible, if you read that scripture, amen, the Bible said they prayed at about midnight. One of them decided, we well, let's just sing a song. <laughs> Amen. Let's begin to, who, who would do that? I mean, we have to have the setting right. And not only Brother Green to sing a song, it has to be our song. Because I, I don't know how to tell you, you know, there's been times like, eh, I don't like that song. You know, that's just a harp, you know. Listen, they were in jail. They had, they had bloody backs. They were in shackles. And they pray. Here's key, folks. It's important to pray. He said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Listen, if they hadn't prayed, there probably wouldn't have been a song. You got to build this thing right. You get to praying about things. Amen. Talk to God about it. And then after that prayer or somewhere in there, somebody said, let's just sing a little bit of song. I love that song. I'll fly away. Some glad morning when it's like, you know, we got to see the other side of this. Hallelujah. Amen. And so they got to singing, and you know the story. Amen. We need to get our song back. Let me just throw this in. We need to get our shout back. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? You get to singing. You could sing James Brown. Woo, I feel good. I didn't say that right. You know what? And probably a little bit, you probably would be feeling better. The world's smart enough to get that down, but you start talking about how bad it is, how ugly life is, and how wrong everybody's treated you. Listen, you're not going to shout. You won't be dancing before the Lord. Hallelujah. But it's about time that we pray. Amen. We get our song back, and then we get the song going just right, and then we, amen, then we get our shout and our praise. Amen. Nothing wrong. Listen, you talk about a breakout, Holy Ghost revival. Mm. Hallelujah. We need to shout. We need to dance before the Lord. That's what David did. David danced before the Lord with all of his might. Somebody brought this. I don't remember who it was. Somebody brought it out that there's not one place in the Bible that God said that David did anything with all of his might. Even though he prayed, uh, he, did all, he went to battle, he did all kinds of things. Read the story of David. It, but, but nothing it, it never says anything about him doing it with all of his might but till it come to him dancing before the Lord. The Bible said he danced before the Lord with all of his might. He threw off the royal robe, amen, made a spectacle of himself. His wife, who represented carnality, amen, looked out the window, amen, and despised him 
and said that. Do you know that she was barren? She'd never had children. Listen, if we want to bring forth children in this place, Brother Jerry, amen, we need to shout and run when nobody's running, make a loop around the church. Listen, I, I just happen to believe. I just happen to feel, I just feel this right now, maybe one of those prophecy spirits coming on me right now. I just happen to feel like people that are stuck. You can't get out of debt. You can't get your health back. You can't feel, listen, you feel, some people are not sick, but they just don't feel good. It's almost as bad as being sick. Are you sick? No, I just feel horrible. You know, and we're stuck in those places, whether it's spiritual, it's financial, it's emotional, wherever it might be. But I just feel like this right now for somebody. If the song gets going, if somebody gets to pray to the point where they can sing a song and the song gets to moving, well, you know what? People used to say, well, I'll shout and I'll dance if, 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 the, if the spirit moves. Listen, nobody, there's no scripture in the Bible that tells us the spirit has to move on us before we dance, before we shout, before we run the aisles. Is there anywhere in there where the spirit just reaches and drags somebody out and then jumps them up and down? No, you decide to, let me just throw this, let me get a little bit more charismatic, and it's going to bother some of you. Let me get a little bit more charismatic here. That's how you talk in tongues. Somebody says, if the Holy Ghost, as people do like this, I don't, I don't pray with people very long, uh, you know, if they don't get the Holy Ghost right off. Because it's not the will of God that people hang in the altar and don't get the, don't get the Holy Ghost. Either there's some deep sin down in there, or they just fearing or doubting. Are they, scared? Are they don't understand this. Listen, God promised the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit to whosoever will. The only time they tarried, so people who preach tarry. No place people ever tarried until, I mean, they tarried, but that was before it was ever given. Since Acts chapter 2, there's no place in there where we, we have to just wait on the Holy Ghost. You, if you want the Holy Ghost, you can come right up here and get it. And by the way, the, receiving the Holy Ghost is not accepting Christ as your personal Savior. That's false doctrine, ladies and gentlemen. Just if you don't know, just so you, that's, that separates us from probably 90, whatever it is, percent of the denominational world. And once you know this kind of stuff, you can't just go back, just, oh, they're nice to me, and the preacher preaches good, and he looks sharp, and he's classy, and they got good choirs, and they got, no, 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 no. That's a false teaching church. The Holy Ghost came in and the evidence of the Holy Ghost was another language. Now, there's a lot of things that happen. There's goosebumps. I'm, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm off track, but I kind of feel like I'm on track. All kind of things. There's goosebumps. There's weeping. There's laughing. There's shouting. All of that's part of the Holy Ghost, or that can happen. But there's one common thing that happens that the denominational church world, I'm not trying to cross swords with anybody, but I just want to tell the truth. There's one common thing. If you want to get back to Scripture, get back to what truth really is, the common thing is people are talking tongues. Now, whether you get goosebumps or not, you might, you may not. Amen. But you'll talk in tongues. That's a little too far. That's a little too much for some folks. Oh, we just accept Christ. Well, really? Did anybody ever say that in the Bible? No, I'll just tell you that now. I done read it from, like the old guy said, from kiver to kiver. I, I, I read it from generations to revolutions, and it ain't in there. <laughs> and went back and forth all through there. No, 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 no. Listen, let's get on this thing. Amen. If you, want a, if you want victory, you may just have to step out in the aisle. 
Just get happy about it. Just get joyful about it. Just be like Abraham. Call those things that were not as though they were. What you got? I got victory. I've got power. I've got authority. I've got joy. I've got peace. And you'll start having those things. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. I've got to finish here. I'm hoping somebody decides to receive the Holy Ghost. You think God's going to bring you in here like, oh, yeah, baby, you may get it and you may not. Here's the, I tell you what I do. I do a guarantee with people. <laughs> I've been doing this long enough to do that. I, listen, if you'll do what I tell you to do, we'll have you pray through the Holy Ghost. Just a few minutes. Don't take long. We can't. I didn't learn this at my home church when we was coming up. We stood around, Sister Donna, we prayed, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's how it was our faith. No. Put your hands on somebody if you've got the Holy Ghost and you, say, and you, tell, you preach faith to them. God promised you the Holy Ghost. You don't, you can't get holy. You know, here's some people, they, they like want to get right with God and everything right because I'm just a sinner. You know what? We all are. You could live as holy, you could get victory over everything and you still would not be qualified to have the Holy Ghost if it was, if it was going by how good you are because the Bible said our righteousness is as filthy rags before God. And that's not some excuse to live ungodly and slouchy, all right? We need to do the best we can, but you can never earn this. It wouldn't be a gift if you did that. It would be wages. This is the gift of God. Hallelujah. I feel like an outpouring of the Holy Ghost is about to come. Outpour the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, just shout if you feel like somebody needs to shout. Just talk in tongues if you want to talk in tongues. That's praying in the Spirit, by the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Didn't get what I wanted. All right, I'm just going to move on anyway. Hallelujah. I, I, I'll, just, I'll just get back up, be on my way down the road. And I am not allowing the enemy to dictate what I do and do not do. Hallelujah. I want to do what I can for the kingdom. A little scripture we wore out for a few years, several years back, Micah 7 and 8. Watch, watch, watch. This, this, is, this is really powerful to me. Micah said it this way, one of the minor prophets. He said, rejoice not against me, O mine enemies, when I fall. Now, he didn't say if I fall. Notice how he said it. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemies. I got a message for you, devil. World, I got a, I got a, a word for you. Amen. Amen. I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Listen, I think this. I think Paul and Micah had this capacity. They had this ability. Uh, you know, or maybe you could just say they had the power to get back up and proceed with the business at hand. It, this is what I do, amen, whether I'm, you know, whether everything's going well with me or whether it's not. It's just who I am. This is what I do, all right? I couldn't do anything else, amen. But, 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 but there's a question. How did they retain the ability to keep getting back up? How did they do that, amen? Yeah, I, I might be able to help some of us right here. Look again at what Michael said. He said, rejoice not against me, O mine enemies. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be alive. You know what Michael did? Michael proclaimed it. 
He declared it. He spoke the outcome of what was going to happen. Listen, I, I don't have charge over the devil. He may come in like a flood. He, he, do, he does all kind of stuff. He lies on me and cheats on me and, and you know, all this stuff that he tempts me and, and all that. Listen, he can do whatever he wants. But, but see, I have a calling on my life. Amen. There's a destiny. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to do, that's what I'm going to do. And so God is going to help me get through all of this. But, but he won't do it if I'm just wishy-washy. If I'm dependent on, you know, making my decisions about what happens to me or what doesn't happen. Hallelujah. Amen. But he proclaimed it. He spoke it. Remember the Bible said he, the way to get the mountain moved, you speak. You don't even speak to God. You just speak to the mountain. Say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast. You, you talk to the mountain. You talk to the financial situation. You talk to the disease, the sickness. It's hard for us to do. Now, we don't have a lot of it around here, but sometimes a little demonic activity rises up and moves, a little, little, little demon possession. Let me tell you something. If you don't believe the, that there is demon possession and demon activity, the devil's got you right where he wants you. You don't even believe the devil exists? First off, the Bible says he does. <laughs> All right? And so it's kind of hard. You have to readjust because we're always talking to God. It's a good thing too. Oh, God, help us with this. No, no, but you have to switch that around. I've watched my daddy do it. Now, he had been there and done that. He had backslidden for years, come back in, prayed back through, pastored the church, evangelized. God somehow just really, really done good things, did good things with him. But I remember watching him just switch over from talking to God to speaking right to that attitude and that spirit in that person. And I'm like, ooh, what's happening here? Ooh, ooh. And it looks like you're looking right at the person. Well, you are looking at the person, but you're speaking to somebody else in there. And guess what? The enemy, the devil has no say in the matter. <laughs> he has no, somebody said, will he come out? He has no choice but to come out. Here's how we do it, because we adjure you, not by our own name, not by our own authority, amen, by the name that's above every name, hallelujah. That's a, that's a top authority. And leave. Get out of here. Hallelujah. And we, when we get a hold of God's word and let it get a hold of us and, and start accepting you know, that's why that we talk about baptism that's why we talk about one God that's why I said what I did about receiving the Holy Ghost and false doctrine oh yeah oh I accepted Christ and that means automatically you have the Holy Ghost that's not true because the word of the Lord is yea and amen and too many people just kind of like, well, we don't have to do that who told you you didn't have to do that who's the authority on that alright hallelujah Amen. But, 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 but listen, we cannot afford to use doubtful, I'm going to say rhetoric, amen, and speech that undermines the promises of God. Well, maybe God, no, no, there's no maybe to it. Negative, uncertain talk, amen. You know, or, or here, here's a negative that we don't really think it is. Well, let's just wait and see. No, let's not wait and see. Let's decide right now. I'm a child of God. Amen. I'm a servant of the Lord. Amen. He's in charge here. Amen. Listen, here's how Christian men should address those situations that we're not sure of. Amen. I, I, let's go way back in the Old Testament. We are well able to possess the land. Let us go up at once 
and possess it. Amen. You know, that's called a step of faith. That's how one walks in faith. And that's how we get back up. Amen. We all get down. Amen. According to Micah, we all, we all fall in the ditch. Amen. But that's how you get out of the ditch. Hallelujah. When Joshua and Caleb spoke those famous words in the presence of all of the naysayers, the doubters, and all the rest of them, amen, the reason these men spoke these words of faith was they actually believed God's promises. When we start really believing, amen, that's how we can do it. They expected the fact, amen, or accepted the fact that that, that the the promised land was a gift from God. They expected it. This is what's going to happen because we're going to speak it. Their trust in God was established in the very foundation of their being. That's, again, that's who they were. And it surfaced when the majority was weak and inadequate in their faith. You football fans will remember, but the Corey, he'll, he could probably tell this better than me. I remember, I remember when my kids come, they, Laura was probably out of high school by that time, and we watched Corey grow up as a little guy, Corey Scram. And I remember Laura came home from wherever they went. David Smith, I think, was probably the youth pastor. And she came in, and she said, Dad, Corey's smart. <laughs> she just watched him grow up as a kid. And I think he was quoting all the football and baseball stats and, and all this stuff. I said, well, yeah, yeah, baby. We didn't, but she somehow just don't know that was cool there. Corey, Corey Scram is smart. <laughs> well, I brought that up. But, but there's a guy named Walter, pa- uh, Walter Payton. Uh, played for the uh, Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, yep, you, you knew it. Amen. But, but Walter Payton ran the ball for nine miles in his career. Carried the ball nine miles. When they figured up his stats, they realized that he was knocked down every four yards. Every four yards. I mean, let's just put it right here where we can understand it a little bit better. 12,390 times. How'd how'd you like to get knocked down 12,390 times? I don't think anybody, I mean, don't raise your hand because if you are, we're probably going to get a nurse or something to check your blood pressure and see if you got fever. (laughs) But the secret to his success was that he didn't stay down. He got up and he ran four more yards. It didn't seem like much at the time, but at the end of his career, he had carried the ball for nine miles. That may not seem much, but you know the football field's only like a hundred yards long. And he started somewhere in there. But, but, but see, Walter Payton went down in history as one of the greatest running backs in the NFL. Not because he never got knocked down, but because he kept getting back up. Listen, listen, that's how you make touchdowns. That's how you build churches. That's how you build better marriages. And you impress a world and you impress your children. Amen. How do you do? You just get back up. Did you get, yeah, you get back up. 
Was he bruised? Yes. Was he sore? Yes. Was he discouraged? Yes. To all of that. His attitude was, Mr. Opponent, you might knock me down, but I'll get back up and I'll run again. It was, it was who he was. It was in his gut. It was in his very being. I'm going to get that ball through whatever tough crowd is in front of me who's pulling on me. They're just going to have to pull a little harder because it's going to be tough to get me down. I am going that way. Hallelujah. I just, I just read, just skimmed over a little badger. Anybody know what a badger is? Little old, little old animal. And it was just a little, just a little, they're mean little dudes. And the way they, one just whipped a wolf, just beat a wolf up, you know. It was just, again, I just saw a little caption on something I was reading, and I just read that and moved on. But I know a little bit about them. They tell me that if a badger is going that direction, you put whatever you want in front of him, he's still going that direction. You know, you could, you could shoot him. You know, you could turn a pack of dogs loose on him, a bear. A grizzly can be, it doesn't matter. He's, he's going that direction. And that's, that's his attitude. That's how he thinks. Maybe he's crazy. Maybe he's stupid and tough. <laughs> but he goes that way unless you kill him. That's the way he's going. But you know what? I, I, I don't want to be a badger, but I'd like a little bit of that, amen, to be sown among us. Amen. Because we get deterred and we get sidetracked and we like, well, you know, no, 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 no. This is the way we're going. Listen, if we have a shouting service, that would be great. If the preacher preaches good, that would be so awesome. Amen. But let me tell you something. If the music's good, all of that's good. But listen, what if the preacher doesn't preach that good? What if the music's kind of off and somebody, you know, I don't know, you know, you just have those services. Amen. Listen, no, no, no. I'm still going that way. It's what we do. Anybody, can we get that? In other words, can we just get back up? Can we just keep on going? Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Amen. Many of us are, uh, thinking about the football analogy, many of us are waiting on the big break. It's called, in football, it's called the glory run. You know, you start back on the two-yard line, you know, and you run 98 yards. You know, and that happens. It does happen. We, we hope for that, and we, you know, we hope they do good. Man, we just hope he brings it back. You know, yeah, and everybody throws their hats away and shouts and spills their beer and does all kind of stuff. And that's, you know, that's, that's a cool thing. But most games are won with a few yards at a time few yards at a time, just tough, just bone-breaking, bruising, but, but we're going to get the ball down there. If it's easy, that'd be great, but if it's not easy, we're still going to be going that way. Hallelujah. Paul looked back over his life in the Scripture, and he wrote, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. That's, that's key right there, kept the faith. I finished my course. You know, notice, notice what he didn't say. He did not say I played a good game because it wasn't a game to him. I fought a good fight. You know, right after that, Paul was beheaded. 
when he wrote, he knew, he knew that they were getting the old axe sharpened up and they were going to chop his head off, which they did. And that's how he ended it. Amen. Fought a good fight. He felt like he, felt like he did the right thing. You know, it's just no time. Even if we're older, Brother Green, it's no time for us to sit down and start regretting the decisions we made back there and what we did. It's no time to do that. It, it wouldn't help at all. And we did make some decisions that were, I, you know, I'd do some things different. But, but it wouldn't help anything to, you know, to reminisce about all the bad things and the ugly things. And the, I mean, I'm like, there's times that I, 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 I preach and I'm like, I'm like, why did I say that? But but see, you can't call that back. It's like it's like unringing a bell. You can't do it. It's said and done. Hallelujah! And God's in charge. We're gonna stay in touch with Him. We're gonna we're gonna keep like Paul. We're gonna keep the faith, and we're gonna finish the course. We didn't do it in a glamorous setting. We just did it. A few yards at a time. Do y'all know that some of our greatest speakers, if you look back over it, they didn't come out of our big mega churches. Just a just a thought. They came out of small churches, mid-sized, struggling churches. Didn't have the fanciest. Sister Miranda didn't have the fanciest Sunday school facilities. <laughs> Didn't have buses to ship anybody in here. Didn't have the money. You know, we just we just have to pinch our pennies and like, well, I think I can give a little more to building fund, and I think I can help with this, and I can help somebody go to camp. Not 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 just a you know a, a fountain of or a flow of money here, but some of our greatest preachers. What does that mean? That means that they went through some hardships. They went through some struggles, but but what it did, it made the person better person hallelujah we didn't do it without stumbling stumbled a few times but we did it with the help of the Lord here's what these things will do here's what these struggles will do they will help you depend and start trusting on God that's what they do Listen, if you had a wad of money in your in your bank account or in your wallet all the time and you didn't have to kind of like watch out, stop and think about this a little bit. You know, if you didn't have to do that, it, it probably wouldn't be good for you spiritually or any other way. You know, people who win the lottery and they got it made, they, they end up broke, what, what, in like a couple of years or just mismanagement. I tell people, young people, I, mean, I think I mentioned it here, when the graduates, you know, we did the graduate celebration here last week. Listen, you need to you need to learn how to make some money. By that, you got to get up every day and go to work. Roll yourself out of that. Go to work. But then there's another thing on that. It's, it's called management. Learn how to just don't just spend. You know, I think some people just spend it till it's gone. Like what happened to? Oh, no, no, no. You got to sit down and think about it. You got to you got to figure a plan. You got to know where it's at the end of the month. You got to know where it's going. So next month, you won't do the same thing again. You'll have, you'll, you'll have money 
till the end of the month because some people's got a lot more month than they've got money. <laughs> Make some money and then manage it. That's not bad. That's not a bad thing. It trains us. Hallelujah. Teaches us. Amen. So yes, we got trial and error. We got stumbles and we got a few times and we get, we get bruised and we get let down and just think, listen, I, I, I'm skimming over this, but this is how it works and this is who gets there. Amen. Those who get back up. Lord, listen, I'm, I'm just I'm going to stop right here. Amen. But I'm just going to pray for us right now. Amen. There's somebody that wants to shout and you need to shout, but I'm giving you permission. Amen. Either today or either you start thinking about it a little bit. You know, I, I, you know, I have liberty to do that. I'm talking to somebody who's about to receive some, some victory in your life, some deliverance in your life. Amen. You want a better life? And pour yourself into the work of God, the house of God. Amen. The, the church is what God's doing on this earth. This is his house. Hallelujah. Not my house, not your house. This is God's house. Amen. So God's in charge here. He's in control here. This is where we need to get. Lord, pray with me. Lord, thank you for giving us strength. Thank you for giving us determination to get back up. We trust in you. We believe in you. Amen. We're leaning on you. Amen. And we are expecting God. Amen. Some good things for your sweet, wonderful people. In the name of Jesus. Those promises, Lord. You said they were yea and amen. Amen. We just believe that too, God. Amen. The promise of blessing. The promise of an uplifting. Promise of a breakthrough. Amen. In our finances. Amen. Promises of miracles and healing in our bodies. In the name of Jesus. We speak it, Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus. We take authority over every evil spirit, every discouraging spirit, hallelujah, every hindering spirit, hallelujah, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of fear, amen, that your folks, your people would come into this place, amen, knowing that they have liberty, they have liberty to worship, liberty to pray in the spirit, liberty to dance, Hallelujah. Liberty to run the aisles in the name of Jesus and claim those blessings. Claim, claim the blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord. Amen. You've been in here a little while. Amen. I'm not going to keep you. If you'd like to stay and pray a while, if you'd like to come to the altar, they certainly have the liberty to do that. I'm not stopping you to do that. But we're going to let you out of here if you need to go. But I want to say to you again, I hope you have a wonderful day, dads. And, uh, you know, kids. And I, I see some I see some, some of the families of the dads here. Just so glad to see the high-end kids here. Yadi, good to see y'all. Amen. Here's your dad. Others, others are here. Amen. Bless you for that. Amen. Listen, listen. This is not much of a message here, but 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 I think just the title of it. Just get back up, because I think we did establish the fact that 
we do get down, either literally or either in our emotions and our feelings. Man, I'm just down to the bottom. We'll get back up with the help of the Lord. Amen. We're going to speak to the mountain. I'm, you know, I'm down, but I'm not out. I'm down, but I'm not staying down. Amen. That, that's, how you, that's how you get to the next level. Don't give up. Be not weary, the, the, the writer says. Be not weary in well-doing or doing the best you can. Amen. For in due season, you'll reap if you faint not. Don't give up. I used to have this somewhere, still got it somewhere, of this big stork or this big crane, like a water bird. And they got the frog, and that's what they ate. They ate fish and frogs. And he had swallowed, not, not swallowed, but he got the frog in his mouth. Remember that? I wish I'd have had that and had somebody put this up here. But the frog was going in head first. But it's kind of a, an animated. And his legs are sticking out back, pretty good-sized frog. And the thing, and the big bird's trying to swallow him. Y'all have seen it. And, but, but, the, but the frog has his hands around the crane's neck, squeezing good and hard. You remember to see that? I love that. And, it, and the caption says, never give up. Amen. Don't you give up. Don't you quit. Amen. God's got better things for us. Come on, put your hands together right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship with us a little bit if you'd like. Camp forms, if you're planning on going to camp or your children or your teenagers are going to camp, they are due today because they have to be postmarked by tomorrow. Amen. So if you'll get that in, I've signed a few today already. And uh, by the way, my wife and I, is gonna, we're going to be there staying in the cabin. And so we'll be there, parents, if you're wondering about it. We'll check on them, all right? We'll check on your kids. And so, uh, so yeah, get those forms in. I'm not really sure. See Sister Debbie or Sister Melissa. They'll help you with that. Brother Bryant will help you with that. If you wondered about the money and you wondered about this and that, I hope you can. But if you need a little help, maybe we can help you some. All right? If you want to go, amen. See about it today. Get a form filled out. God bless you. I love you. Amen. Come on, worship me.